Welcome to the Catalent Podcast. I'm Jeff Pucklin. I run the content marketing program here at Catalent, a platform that connects enterprise consulting buyers with industry experts. I'm excited to host Brandon Moreno today, a guest that's aligned with our mission to reimagine the world of work as a flexible and dynamic place. Brandon is the president of Everhive, a company that partners with technology, financial, aerospace, and life sciences firms to bring strategic contingent workforce solutions and hybrid MSP models to businesses. Thank you for joining us today, Brandon. Ah, glad to be here. Thanks, Jeff. So I wanted to start off by really just turning it over to you to let us uh, hear a little bit more about your background uh, and uh, give, you, give everybody kind of a peek into um, your, your background in this space before we get started with some questions. Sure. Uh, well, first, you know, I appreciate you you and Kevin having me on. Um, definitely have enjoyed getting to know you all and, and especially your technology that's uh, really kind of shaping the marketplace. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, my background, you know, just it's been a long time. I say over 20 years, and it's scary to say I'm so over 20, 20 years in the talent acquisition and, and HR space, um, specifically also on the, the contingent side. So I've been fortunate to really work for some dynamic companies that have had strong internal managed programs in place, and really taking that, that best of the best and, and putting it into practice. Uh, informed Everhive, left the corporate space and formed Everhive about two years ago. Um, and just what we're seeing is massive momentum. The whole purpose of uh, starting Everhive was to help elevate the contingent workforce space. Um, what I wasn't seeing out there was really strong providers that were able to help me on the internal side um, on the strategy and the solutioning components. It was all the, the same. And, and I'm one that's just having a conversation yesterday, very visionary. Um, I really like to push the envelope and explore new things that are out there and how it works within organizations um, and how we can deploy it. So that's one of my missions with, with Everhive is really kind of have the ecosystem of experts that are available to organizations, helping them elevate um, their programs, but then also helping elevate the industry by bringing thought leadership uh, to the space. Yeah, that's that's great, and that definitely aligns with our mission. Uh, you know, our our marketplace. Um, you know, we're constantly here at Catalan trying to uh, kind of boost and, and position the folks that are on our platform that are choosing to work in an independent manner uh, with enterprise brands as um, you know, really the thought leaders that they are uh, in the space, and um, you know, looking for opportunities to connect them to. Brands to to do the to to do some great work. So, um, yeah. you know, really happy to have you here. So, uh, so over the past year, um, we've seen a, a number of trends emerge in you know this space. Um, more specifically, you know, there's been a number of new technologies that are enabling workforce innovation. Um, you know, as as you touched on, just the need for high-end business talent to address uh, skills gaps within organizations. Um, there's been a lot of thought leadership and, and education around, you know, strategies that enable the deployment of a blended workforce from, you know, kind of the how-tos around change management, um, how, you know, C-level and, and C-suite can 
um, kind of invoke the change that's needed to, to move towards this kind of blended workforce. Um, and I wanted to start out just talking about kind of agility uh, in the workforce and, uh, and hear your thoughts on, you know, what, what you think the role of agility played in business in, in 2017. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's one of the most important things that it, it played, um, and a lot of HR talent, acquis- talent acquisition experts will agree that um, the organizations that have been the most successful are those that are, are able to be flexible. Um, and that means being able to adapt and shift their, their projects, their demands, um, their priorities, with people, and so what that requires is a flexible workforce, right? So uh, companies that really have, if you think about it, contingent workforce for the most time was really just in one category where it was one or two categories where it was either I need somebody that's going to help me because someone called in sick today or, um you know, this person is going out on maternity leave and we need someone to backfill for, you know, a few months. So, but what that's, that was the traditional role for a long time. And while that's still in play today, what companies are starting to see is that they're having such massive changing priorities almost on a daily basis just by even business demands, whether it be manufacturing, you know, a shift in and orders. Um, you know, the whole just-in-time philosophy that's been around for decades, but they're really starting to see how can we plan this from a demand planning and workforce planning perspective. And so, you know, what I saw over this past year is a lot more companies looking and, and integrating workforce planning solutions that take into account this agility and this flexibility that's needed to support them as they start changing it, right? So then that also steps into more and more people are entering the workforce as a contingent worker or independent contractor or freelancer in some way, shape, or form. And so how do you get access to that that talent? And so what people have been, what I've been seeing organizations do, um, and one of the things that we help with too, is helping to integrate those workforce planning strategies into the total talent solution um, and that, you know, CEOs and, and executives are starting to take notice of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good point. And around, uh, you know, kind of the trends and, and the, the market that's shaping the enterprise move towards a non-employee workforce, agility and, and business agility is one of those major trends. But, you know, there's also kind of this transformation that's being led by digital and technologies, and one specifically that we've seen is uh, artificial intelligence. Um, have you noticed that, um, you know, AI or artificial intelligence is changing the labor market? It's starting to, um, and, and here's why. I just did, just yesterday, did uh, a webinar presentation for Bloomberg on on how AI is impacting even payroll functions and HR functions and talent functions. And it's interesting because AI has been around for a long time, but as it continues to develop more and more, so you think about like just early adopters, right? Um, and now the technology is getting easier to where we can start integrating AI as part of our tools. But what's interesting is most people 
don't even know that they're already using AI in some way, shape, or form in their work today. You know, there's so many technology companies that integrate it as part of the functionality that uh, folks don't even know that that is AI, right? And so what 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 we're seeing is a, a massive shift in in the adoption of it and the the move towards it. I think there was um, a report out. Uh, by Deloitte Bursum that talked about, you know, 60, 60 some odd percent are anticipating to implement it in 2018 in some way, shape, or fashion. So that's a significant increase what's being used even this year. Um, and even the participants that were on the call said there was, it was a, it was about a 30% just on the call yesterday of people that it's on the roadmap for next year. So a huge um, integration in terms of adopting it and a move specifically towards it that it's being included on roadmaps. And are there other technologies that you've witnessed besides, you know, AI? Uh, I think, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about machine learning. You know, are there other technologies that you've witnessed are powering kind of this move towards a blended workforce? Yeah, you know, it's it's probably everything. If you even look around your computers, the systems that you use there at Cadillac, you know, it's integrating AI. So specifically from a talent perspective, you know, the, the VMS tools are integrating AI as a component, right? And a lot of a lot of organizations really don't know that that's a functionality that's there and available to them. Um, or it's, you know, they're specifically looking for it. So you, you, you have VMS technology just on one, and we're just talking again on the, the contingent workforce labor side. Your ATS is, um, the ATS systems, um, which are, it's a whole other topic in itself, but are, are, to me is, you know, a lot of HRTA functions that have these, these applicant tracking systems. What, there's technology out there now that I find fascinating is that they're able to help companies write a more effective job posting based on the people that they've hired in the past on the similar job posting. So the AI technology that's out there is pulling in this information that um, says, here's what you need to post to get a person like this person that you just hired, which if you think about that, I mean, a lot of – I mean, there's been training for over – pretty much all of my time that's been in HR um, and talent of how to write just an effective job posting to get the right folks, right? And there's training upon training upon that. So imagine having an AI tool that then says, here's how it needs to be written based on these people that you've just hired. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Um, okay. So that's there today. That's technology that's out there today. And I only see those types of technologies continuing to increase um, and 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 be integrated into the workforce. Yeah, and I think at the the core of it all, it's it's you know whether you're leveraging technology or, or kind of a traditional method, you're trying to find the right uh, you know the, the right skill set to match a business need at the right time and. Um, and so, you know, what have you seen have been uh, the, the kind of most sought-after skill types 
uh, and business challenges uh, over the past year. So, for instance, on, on the Catalan platform, we've noticed uh, from 2016 to 2017, there's actually been a 2x increase in uh, looking for project manager skill types. That's kind of like the top skill trend uh, that we've, we've noticed. Um, have you noticed a similar trend, or are there other skill types that, that you've found in, in your work uh, that are emerging? Yeah, so I would agree with you on, on project manager side because, you know, as we talk about the agility, just managing that workforce or those projects um, requires a really skilled project manager, right? But also um, cybersecurity, huge in terms of what's out there. I mean, you think about all you, – you're hearing all these uh, fraud detections and, and, and uh, you know, these cases where there's been hacked. So cybersecurity is huge, and it's it's been huge, but it continues to increase. Um, so I saw that as a big increase in in usage on it. Um, and also, you think about executives. I've seen more executives say, "I'm leaving the corporate world, but I'm doing all these consulting, and I only want to do consulting." Um, and so not only just executives, but more of the specialty types of expertise. Um, and this is one thing I love about Cadillac is because you all offer a lot of that expertise, that higher-level expertise that I've seen more of the shift to. Um, and so when you, when you have these experts that are out there and these executives that are saying, we only want to, we only want to work for projects, we only want to work on these things that we like to do and being able to work for, for and with multiple companies as part of a project, it's, it's powerful, right? So it's 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 a win for everybody. It's a win for the the company that's deploying them. It's a win for companies uh, such as Catalan. It's a win for the worker who's actually getting to do that and work on multiple other companies as well. Yeah, just to, to double click on that, what uh, what do you think is is driving um, you know these folks that have had years of work in in industry or um, you know, I've worked at some of the big consulting firms to to, to decide to move to project-based work uh, versus full-time employment. Is it is it the flexibility? Is it uh, what have you seen uh, in your conversations? Yeah, I, I do believe flexibility is one, and just you know, we we talk about, we've heard about, you know, this is all these global initiatives. I think because more and more people uh, have or or are working for global companies. Right, they're already up at ten o'clock at night or two o'clock in the morning talking to you know folks overseas. Um, they're up early in the morning talking to you know having team meetings and all these other things. So it's more of I can offer more services to more companies on my own time, right? So meaning um, they're kind of finding that 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 balance within themselves that they're needing, and they're also finding it more exciting. Because they're they're going in and they're offering their service, their expertise on a specific project that they know will provide massive value. So so they're seeing, hey, I can work, I can help four or five companies this year versus just my one. Yeah, and, and then from the demand side, um, you know, you're, you're kind of ridding yourself of the intermediary, and you're getting directly to the source. So, um, you know, instead of uh, having to go through a, a firm, uh, you have kind of, 
you know, with, with a technology like ours, you have access to uh, kind of the skill sets that you need uh, when you need them, uh, and you can kind of work directly with uh, whoever that person is or build teams. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a win-win for both sides. Well, exactly uh, right. And if you think about, you know, some of these executives um, or higher-level talent, they, they're known for what they do, right? Um, so then, they, you know, from regularly, if they're just on the corporate side, they're getting calls all the time for, hey, come join this company, come join me, you know, so on and so forth. So they know that they can they can do these things for multiple folks, and they're already known in the industry, so they might even have, you know, four or five different folks that could call upon them easily and that they go work for, and then, the, you know, they kind of expand their reach more. Yeah. So thought we could switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the strategies that, um, you know, the C-suite and, and primarily CHROs are using to enable an Agile, an Agile workforce. Uh, and I, I was looking and digging through some of the, the articles that you've written uh, before, and uh, I came across a, a piece on your LinkedIn where you wrote, uh, quote, for the most part, companies have had two choices when it comes to help with some aspects of contingent worker programs. Uh, RPOs, recruitment process outsourcing, and MSPs, managed service providers. While there is an appropriate place within the process for these firms, 33% of companies are doing it themselves, or what I like to call IMP, internal managed program, end quote. Do you think that it's possible for companies to create an IMP to integrate on-demand talent marketplaces like Catalan? Absolutely, and they should be. Uh, you know, one of the things that we help organizations do is uh, as they're setting up the self-managed program or internal managed program is to think about the, the entire workforce solution, right? So how do you build out not just how we're going to work with our staffing suppliers and staffing agencies, but really build out that full solution into your internal managed program, integrating companies such as, as Catalyst into that mix so that it expands the labor pool, right? So uh, when you're looking at all solutions, whether it be direct sourcing, um, you know, branding, the all of those different components that you would normally put into your regular talent acquisition strategy. Um, what I'm finding is that because the contingent workforce function is really gaining a lot of momentum, it's always been there, but it's the, the usage of it's increasing. So then it it rolls on up because the the spend is is significant enough to catch an executive's attention. So for the CHO, CHROs that are listening to this is really ensure that your roadmap includes all solutions as part of that function. Even if your company is not doing it today, it's important to put it in as part of your roadmap so that eventually you get there um, and the end goal is to have uh, access to the talent that you may not have access to through normal channels. Um, and just to expand that talent pool, but then that also helps your organization have that talent um, and that strategy that's needed if you get into a crunch period. Um, you know, not only just from a total solution standpoint, 
But if there's a crunch period and you really need a specialized talent, a company such as yours, Cadillac, will be able to assist with that. And if it's part of the strategy, it's going to be built in and integrated easily so that you can you can integrate and, and access the talent easily. Yeah, and I, I think um, one thing that we're finding is that there's kind of interesting use cases for um, – you know, a blended a blended workforce and, and really uh, a technology like Catalan, uh, thinking about not just uh, accessing external resources or specialized talent that lives outside of your company, but also uh, leveraging, you know, technologies that uh, match uh, skill sets to, to business needs uh, with internal workforces as well. So it's to, to kind of echo the point you made about total workforce management, it's it's thinking creatively and outside the box about how you manage all of your human capital resources. Uh, and so, you know, one one article that just came out um, the, the other day in the Wall Street Journal, um, it was called Meet Your New Boss, an Algorithm. Um, the article described uh, our solution and, and how we're working with uh, 8,000 of Shell's marketing folks um, to, to onboard them onto the Catalan uh, platform and marketplace and leverage the matching algorithm to identify uh, and leverage the right internal talent uh, to address critical business needs. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, how you see companies evolving the way they think about addressing skills gaps, both in the way they approach their internal talent as well as, you know, contingent external resources. Have you seen uh, kind of this, like, dropping of the barrier between internal and external and the blending of, of both uh, in the past year? Yes, um, quite significantly. And I love that article that you just mentioned because it's really talked about to, to the effect of companies starting to adopt this model. A lot of times um, we'll go into organizations as part of our solution and say, not only is this going to be effective from a contingent workforce function, but you're probably going to like the processes and strategies that we put in place that then can be deployed into your TA or other human capital functions, right, whether it be training, whether it be – but so organizations are starting to get that this blended approach makes sense, right? And for so long, organizations have really kind of had a divide and a barrier up because, you know, this is our – non-employee workforce, and this is our workforce, and non-employees can't, you know, attend this staff meeting or this function. And I've always said, you know, be careful with that because what that does is that, that, that opens up the door for the worker to feel like they're being treated differently. And that in, a, in itself, you know, if you have a happy worker, which all uh, good HR executives know, uh, if you have good workers, um, they're going to be loyal to you. Um, and if, if you treat your workers well, and, and the good ones are going to be loyal. So, yep. uh, you know, I, I, I really believe that companies are starting to feel more comfortable and in that approach where it's, it's more blended because what they're finding is sometimes the the non-employee is leading the employee population because it's an expertise that their internal folks don't have. And so that's been a fascinating switch to start seeing that. And just by that sheer recognition of we don't have the internal talent 
And we're only going to need someone for six to nine months on this project, but we need someone that knows what they're doing to lead this our team. And so they're starting to bring those types of, uh, of folks in. But then it's also a recognition of what I've also seen a shift with is employees, you know, recognizing that um, they can learn something from the non-employee population as well. So it's really been a switch for organizations, but also all the way around from a, from a total workforce perspective. Yeah. Well, I wanted to end today's conversation uh, really with some predictions and recommendations for 2018. We're coming up on, uh, you know, the turn of the year, and, um, and I think you have a lot of wisdom, obviously, to impart on folks that are listening. So um, I wanted to see what you would say is the one piece of advice that you would give business leaders that are trying to benefit from uh, the on-demand economy in 2018. Mm, so let me pull out my crystal ball here, my my eight <laughs> ball. Um, no. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I really the one piece of advice is it is really time to make it part of your roadmap and part of your workforce planning. So long, you know, I've been with clients that have said, "Ah, we've been talking about this for three or four years." So the one piece of advice is stop talking about it and integrate it and put it on your roadmap if you don't have it already. Um, that's huge. And I, and I see that happening more and more is that it is, it has and it will be continued to become a critical component to have the, the resources and the strategy as part of the, the talent acquisition roadmap. Um, going into next year, but not just next year, but then making it part of your two, three, five-year plans, right? And if you don't get on that now, it's going to be harder and harder to adapt and to to be agile, as we were talking about earlier, um, to remain competitive, not only just from a business perspective, but from a talent perspective. If you can't get the people, and we've always, you know, had struggles getting people, um, but it's getting tighter and tighter. You know, I just heard that the unemployment rate is still at 4%, which is pretty much, that's, that's huge, right? So people have got to start doing things differently, and, and the longer that that goes on, the more challenges organizations have. So you have to start thinking strategic. You have to really start integrating all the options that are there. doesn't mean you have to necessarily use them, but they have to be part of your roadmap. They have to be part of your strategy so that you can go and deploy those out and utilize those at any given time. Yeah, that's that's great advice, and it's it's a lot like the adapt or get left behind mentality at this point, I think, for most executives. So um, I, I really appreciate the time, Brandon, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get you back on here uh, at some point in the future. Um and, you know, it sounds like from, from your thinking and, and a lot of the thought leadership that we've been putting out and, and reading about uh, that there's clearly a lot to look forward to in this space in, in 2018. I'm definitely excited for it. Um, one of the reasons I do what I do is just because it's, there's a newness to it. And because of that, it just there's so much opportunity for, um, you know, to really help people and really help elevate them 
and really help elevate their organizations. Um, and there's so much coming down the pipeline, folks, that we don't even like to wrap our heads around just what AI is going to do and technology is going to do and the new jobs that are coming that probably most people that we don't even know yet how those new jobs are looking like. I always, I like to use the automobile example is that just think of the, the, the horse and buggy, right? Um, no one really thought about, you know, what a mechanic would look like or, you know, doing um, all of those components, the automation that came with the automobile. You know, those are new jobs that really weren't even thought about. Same with airplane. All of those different, those had been jobs that had never existed before. And I, I know without a doubt we are on that brink again um, this time. And in, in our lifetime, we're seeing that. 